I'm Shara Humphreys, and I'm here with Rita Norton, Photos with Sharita podcast, and we are talking today about storytelling. We are going to talk about this, I don't know how many times, we haven't decided, but we know it'll be many times, because really at the, at the crux of memory keeping and working with photos and helping people with their photo organizing, it's all about the story. It's about what the photos do for us when we look at a photo and then it, we remember we we remember that house that tree that yard that that moment and so putting the stories with the photos is so very important to us it's really where our passion lies and we also know that it can be the most frustrating part when you get your photos organized or you're starting to do it that you feel overwhelmed you feel sad you feel melancholy you you're thinking about people you've lost you think i didn't get to ask them this dot 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 whatever that dot 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 is that you didn't take the time and so what we want to help you do is be more proactive and start now and get the story started in a really simple way without it feeling overwhelming and we want to talk to you about how you can do that with just three questions instead of going to your favorite relative or your mom or your dad, if you're lucky enough to still have your parents with you. And I say, go do this now. Start today. Okay? You'll never regret asking people to tell you their story. But that isn't what you say. Tell me your story. <laughs> tell me what it was like growing up. Share your childhood. Those are such big open-ended questions. And usually people just kind of go, eh, you know, let's go get lunch. I don't, I don't know what you want me to talk about. And, and especially older people, they can get kind of grumpy about it because no one asked. And some of them are touched that you're interested and then some are grumpy because you've never asked before. And tell me about your childhood. What do you want to know? That's just a big question. Mm -hmm. So what we want to do is give you some examples of what are smaller questions that you can be more specific with and just get started. So Rita, you want to tell your idea for this podcast that we're going to do right now really, um, well, is anything we do scripted? Um, obviously not. No. So tell what you thought of when we, when we knew we were going to start the storytelling sessions. Okay. So I said to Shara, why don't we ask each other three questions? I ask her three, she asks me three. And they are questions that uh, we don't know what the other one's going to ask. So um, impromptu, I think they would call those speeches we all did in high school, maybe even college, the dreaded impromptu speech when your professor said, you know, tell me about, you know, the, uh, sell me the spatula or something. You're like, oh, my goodness. So yeah, who wants to go first? That's what the, the, in the class, right? <laughs> Everybody gets small and shrinks yeah. down on their desk. Yeah. Hides behind but the person in front do. of them. Yeah. Okay. So with this, remember, uh, we'll have in the show notes some sources, uh, resources for questions. And the one that I'm going to start with right now, because I'm going to ask Rita three questions. And I love oh, this man. idea. Because I love impromptu, and I'm not going to make them hard, but I have a, 
I have a book that I have used, and I looked right before we started, that it was published in 1993, and that means that my daughters were two years old when I got this book, and I am still using it and still love it. So it's one of my favorites about, you know, small questions and helping to get the story started. It's called To Our Children's Children, and it's Preserving Family Histories for Generations to Come, and Bob Green, who is a renowned columnist, wrote it with his sister. So you could probably still get it. I didn't check if it's out of print. We'll put a link to the book. But I am literally going to open the book, mm. and there's all kinds of chapters, and I'm just going to ask Rita a question because there's a lot I don't know about Rita, and I want to show you how easy it is to get the story started without any prep or rehearsal. Um, some people will be more comfortable writing, and that would be great. I love handwriting, but a lot of people aren't. You can record with your phone, you could just hit record and let someone tell their story and then you could get it transcribed. You could write it down later from what they tell you. There's so many great ways to do this. Don't overthink it. Just get the story started. And so I'm going to open the book. Okay. I'm <laughs> sweating. Worried. I'm sweating. I'm worried. And I <laughs> am just, just going to, you know, there's a lot of different, um, different chapters in this book. So I just, I, Click, I'm flipping through, and I open Parenthood. Perfect. Oh, it's kind of in the middle. I don't even know what. Page 97. Why did you name your children what you named them? <laughs> <laughs> Ooh. Loaded so question. First, first tell, okay, your son's name is? Well, my son's formal name is Jacoby. And Bryce Norton, and he did not have a name for the first 48 hours. In fact, we wanted to leave the hospital because we hadn't decided what name he was going to have and without naming him, and they told us that we could not do that. So we tried all sorts of names on him and came up with that one. It doesn't this sounds terrible. It doesn't mean anything, meaning it wasn't inherited from a you know, a grandparent or an uncle. Uh, it's not a name. It's not a family name. Uh, we decided that immediately he would be called Kobe. And that's with a C, actually. So that's his nickname. And there was a little bit of family, um, a family feud over the whole thing because my husband's father wanted him to be my dad my husband is a um second so he thought his son should be you know the third and we didn't do that and well that's a story for a different day but that's Kobe's name and then um Clarissa I love the name Claire and once again a child is born with no name for at least you know 18 hours for her and we ended up with um, Clarissa my husband came up with that and we thought it was really pretty and my contribution to that was I wanted it to start with a K and I wanted it to have one S and I've been told many times that it is phonetically incorrect it should have two S's and her name is constantly misspelled and both my children blame me for never being able to purchase uh, the trinkets at tourist stores that have names on them because their names are not common. So, Sorry. 
I love go. that. Okay, so in, if I were writing this story, transcribing it, or just keeping some notes of what I just learned, you picked your kids' names because you liked them, and they were kind of mm-hmm. cool, and it's what you liked, and you don't always have to have, you know, a big story about your name. I mean, my name is Shara, and there's a running joke that rhymes with Sarah because it's always misspelled, and I get nothing, you know, custom either. And yeah. Barry, Sharon, Cheryl, Sheena. I still am called weird things. Um, and so I feel for your children. But I think <laughs> it also makes them stronger because they have to uh, kind of own their name and be confident when they say it. And they have to learn how to correct people when they say it incorrectly. And it's mm-hmm. always funny to think, you know, so my husband's name is Philip, which is what I call him, but lots of people call him Phil. And I've never been a nickname person, but, you know, it it sticks with him. And he so much is the details of his name. People have called him Bill, and he answers to that. So we have a running joke that we're Bill and Sharon, like with people. Oh, my gosh. Say that. Because... Good. You know, so and I don't I don't know anything about the story of his name other than he's named after his father too. Uh but you know, the name that's a that's a neat place to start. And then I have information about your kids and how you pick names with your husband and how you didn't go a traditional route. I just listened and there were a lot of neat uh-huh. things about that and then it elicits conversation about, you know, oh my it, name and your name and then yeah. you keep going, right? And it does because one of the things that I remembered after I told you that is before we had children, we decided we were going to have three kids and they were going to be J, K, L. So we got J and K. And ironically, L, my sister, has um, a daughter and they her name starts with an L. So they did the L for us. But I kind of had forgotten about that at the beginning of telling you the story of, of the kids' names. So I love what you're saying when what happens is you start to tell the story and you remember other pieces and parts of it, which just helps it continue to you know, develop and grow. So, so you can take the question we just used. You can write these questions down and start the conversation, right? Get the story started. So here's your next question, Rita. We're going with three questions. Okay. And I just, again, fan through the book. I just picked the house of your growing up. That's a chapter in the book. Uh-huh. And so I'm going to ask you this one. Did your family eat in the kitchen or in the dining room? And what did the table settings look like? <laughs> um, the house that I remember the most, we moved there when I was in fourth grade. And then throughout high school, I was there. We ate family dinners all the time. My dad traveled a lot, but we always ate dinner um, together as a family, even if he wasn't there. And it was always in the kitchen. We did have a dining room, but that was saved for formal occasions. Place settings. um, I could tell you what my mom made me every day for um, breakfast. It was a routine every day. But place settings, that must not have been anything that was consistent because uh, placemats, cloth napkins, just nothing. I'm very colorful plastic, uh, <laughs> tablecloths. I'm not plastic. Right. What was that coating? Easy to wipe I know. off. <laughs> I know. The wipe down, right? It the is wipe kind of down tablecloth. But... Um, I'm thinking greens and oranges and yellows, which probably would be awesome now. I would probably but love that. I love that because it, it yeah. takes me, I'm thinking seventies. 
Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking that uh, your mom is colorful. And mm-hmm. I'm thinking, a tablecloth. Do you use a tablecloth now? I don't no. know. Right? No. But back yeah. in the day, you know? And, and so that's that. really fun. And then, and then of course, family mealtime was, was pretty sacred for us growing yeah. up. I mean, you, it, it wasn't something you missed unless it was really important and it was just something that was just absolutely part of every day. And that's very different now, um, certainly when my kids got to high school and mm-hmm. sports and activities and all that. And again, now then we peel away the layers of stories because we get to talk to each other, right, and listen. Yeah. And, and so what did I just learn about you and your family and my family was similar and what's different? You know, mm-hmm. so love that. Love that. Okay. Number three. So I opened up next chapter. It wasn't the next. I, again, I just fanned through high school. Mm. <laughs> and okay. so this is, this is just a random question again. Would you rather be in high school back when you were or today? <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. I don't know. That one's weird. Um, well, I am a heck of a lot smarter and more confident now. Well, no, you don't get to be the age you are in high school. You have to be oh, eight. Wait. With oh, like, wait. You're saying do now. Would I want to go to high school like now, like during the time my daughter's going to high yeah, school? Yeah, like where your daughter is. Would you want to be uh, in high school how your daughter is? Or oh. would you with high school when you were there? Or are you envious of what, you know, that's what I think no. of when I hear that? no. No, I, I understand the question now. I, I would not be envious of the kids in high school now with all the... Hey, listen, we both know that back when we were in high school, you could say things and people forgot them and there was no record of what you were doing or where a party might have been. Papers, you know, saying you were spending the night at your friend's house and you really didn't and no one knew. Um, I, don't, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> and today we're like constantly, where are you? When are you going to be home? Would you do this? Don't do that. Don't take a picture here. Don't do that. So no, I would, no. I'm not going to say I didn't quite get the question to begin with, but um, yeah, well, it's an interesting question. I mean, there's yeah. different perspectives of the question, but yeah. you know, and I'm not supposed to answer the questions too, but I am. <laughs> I'm just like, I would, I would die if I was in high school now, I would yeah. be, depressed, medicated, need help. I was, I I mean, mean girls were in high school and I was not a great, I did not enjoy high school, but I certainly would, it would be a hundred times worse and I'm not sure how I would get through it. So I give the kids of today all kinds of props for getting through the mean girl and social media and all of that. And and dating and texting and a record of everything in the internet. It, it, it makes me sad. Mostly it's not, it's not cool. So agreed a hundred percent. So now is it my turn? Okay, go ahead. I, I was thinking, I think those three are good and we should just stop now. <laughs> I, so I, do, I do not have, it was great. You made me smile. It's, it is a little walk down memory lane that you forget about that. There's another little funny part. I'm going to add into this. My, um, I was telling my daughter, I was a couple of weeks ago, about sort of my, my working, um, you know, the corporate job and then being an entrepreneur, which I've been for every, ever since she's, you know, been alive. 
And I was telling her I have a couple different degrees. And one of the degrees she thought was a degree, I don't know, in sequence or something, because I said I worked for Sequent, which is a <laughs> computer company. It's right. was bought by IBM back in 1990. But whenever she had heard me say that, she thought it was something to do with, I have a degree also in fashion merchandising, and she thought it was some sort of a sequent degree that I had gotten. <laughs> So the whole point was, she's like, I just learned something about you as a 17-year-old that I never knew. She's like, I always thought you were saying something else. So keep the stories going in your own household. You know, your kids are interested. They are listening. Um, and I think they do like to learn things about us. So anyway, I well, was just let me Let me tell you one more thing about your questions, and then I promise I'll answer yours. Uh, and that is, I didn't intentionally do this, but when I look at the questions I asked you, they yeah. went back. They went backward, um, farther back. So I went, and and they weren't in order that way. But right. I started with you know parenthood. Yeah, you did. And then I went to childhood, and then I went to high school. So if I'd really you know if I wanted to go step back, step back, you can be more methodical if you want. But what we want you to see is just get the story started. I would. I could ask. I will. I mean, I'll challenge myself even to just ask my mom or ask my sister or my favorite aunt those questions. Uh I don't have to make it complicated. I just could say, you know, I do a podcast now and we ask each other these great questions and I want to ask you these things. Would you rather be in high school when you were in it or now? You know, that kind of thing. It would be in everyone will have a different perspective. Although I I mean, anyone, anyone past the age of 18, I believe will say when they were in it. I think so. Um, And my parents are actually coming to visit us in Boston next week. So I'm excited to ask them a few of these questions. And I will say I do not have the book that Cher is using. So I am, I wrote down questions, but I do not have a book that I'm using. So my first one question for you is, tell me about your first car. Okay. So my first car was an orange Volkswagen oh, Bug. <laughs> you can pick it up. <laughs> so uh, loved it. 1972 Bug, I believe it was. And my dad said that if we saved our money, he would match whatever we saved to that we could buy a car. So being the very impatient child I was, uh, I found the car, and this was one of those great things. Uh, the auto shop was redid the engine. They rebuilt the engine in this car. So I could go to my parents and go, this is sound, mechanically sound. That was important. Mm-hmm. And I really wanted a bug. I knew I wanted a bug. And so it was a whopping $800. I had saved 400 So dad kicked nice. in 400 He was a little bit mad that we bought it while he was gone, but I was able to convince my mother that it was all good and we could do it as two strong women without dad, because that was kind of a man thing back in the day with cars. Um, And that was in the 80s, but I bought an old car, right? I mean, it was like in, well, it might have been 1979, but so I bought an eight-year-old car. And it had holes in the floorboard. We lived in Illinois, a sub uh, north of Chicago, way north, and very cold winters and rust holes. So there was rust in the floorboards. And the water would spray in when I was driving. And, <laughs> uh, th- but I didn't care about the body so much. But I, that was a graduation present. They got it painted for me and 
whatever spruced it right up for me to take to college. But I love that car. It was a great first car. It didn't, you know, it had an AM radio and no air conditioning and it was a stick shift. So Mm -hmm. orange bug. (laughs) See, it really got great memories. I love that. I love that story. Mine was also first car was orange, but it was a 40 XP. Um, I don't even ah. think they make those anymore. So a, l- um, a little bit sporty was that kind of. It was a little sporty. It had a race. It had a racing stripe on it. There you I, go. I uh, mm-hmm. thought I was pretty cool. I had to buy my own car though. I got it as I think I was a junior in high school. I sent a picture of it to my son the other day, first time he'd ever seen it, and he told me, honestly, not bad. So <laughs> got a little street cred going on then. Well, uh, and, you know, on another <laughs> podcast I mentioned in one of our tips that my twin daughters shared a cell phone when they were uh-huh. in eighth grade. When I was in high school, I, my, I have a sister one year older and a brother were in the same uh, grade, so very similar dynamic to my first three children. So we were a year apart. There's three of us. He's a half-brother, but we don't refer to each other that way. I'm sorry, step-brother. Look, I don't even know what he is. He's my brother. <laughs> anyway, we shared a car, the three of us. Oh, um, my oh, dad wow. bought a car, and we shared it. So technically, that could have been my first car, but the bug was really my first car that I did money. But it was, I think, a Monte Carlo. And it didn't go well because there was an envelope on the refrigerator with magnets that we put gas money in. So when you drove it, you had to make sure you, you know, put money in for the gas. And that was always empty. And it was never, you know, there was one person, if my sister's listening, um, that never replaced the gas. So Mm. a lot of tension sharing a car. Yeah. So uh, you've always told me some things you don't forget. So (laughs) that's one of them. (laughs) Car memories. All right. Go to question number two. Okay. Question number two. Uh, Tell me about your first high school job. My first high school job. I guess that would be, uh, again, we were in northern Illinois. I went to high school in a suburb of Chicago, and I didn't work when I was a freshman. So it must have been junior year. And I got a very official job at ShopCo. So Midwestern people will recognize that Mm -hmm. kind of. Um, an upscale Kmart would be mm-hmm. how I would describe that. And uh, I was a cashier. And then later, uh, my friend Joanne and I, we were in charge of layaway at Christmas. Oh, big wow. You moved up the chain quickly. <laughs> and that was in Beloit, Wisconsin, for anyone listening. who awesome. So, um, you know, I learned a lot in that job and, uh, you know, handled money and customer service and lots of different things. And I did work there when I came home from college too in the, you know, breaks and that. And did you have a a uniform that you had to wear? Of course, a a beautiful smock that I want to say was like maybe (laughs) orange and brown, really not attractive at all. And a name tag. And I I, I don't want to, I don't want anyone to think I'm a memory hoarder, but I might have my Shopco name tag. Oh my God. In a box. Okay, I'm just going to say this. I found it because I was fine. I was looking for something for my son that I was giving him another podcast another day. But the Shopco name tag is there. You do not understand how, what a big deal that was to have Shara engraved on that name tag because I never got anything with my name. I should wear it sometime. I'm going to wear it. Okay. That's All really right. funny. That's awesome. Awesome story. I'll save mine for another day on that one. Okay. <laughs> My final question is, 
grade school or high school, how did you get to school? Meaning, did you walk, carpool? So in grade school, we lived in Indianapolis, and we went to public school, I think, 105, and we walked. Okay. And then uh, so not mild winters, and we, we were walkers. But then we moved to Michigan, and lots and lots of snow, bus, and then high school oh. bus until I got, we shared that car and then got the bug, and then it was drive all the way, awesome, freedom, yay. The bus okay. was so nerdy, right? Like, who yep. couldn't wait to get off the bus in high school? <laughs> But I kind of remember walking with my brothers and sisters. To, mm-hmm. um, but those are very, you know, very foggy memories. Um, yeah. But yeah, we lived out in the, in the country, and we actually went to high school in a different town. So we had to ride the bus or drive. That would not have been walking, you know, uphill in the snow yeah. with no shoes, that kind both, of story. Both ways, right? Yeah, both ways. Both ways. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so great question. That's it. That is... That, those are our examples for you. So really you have six questions. That's three, but pick three of those. We say three questions to get your story started. I wouldn't sit down with someone and say, with the book and say, can I ask you these questions? I'm not going to give them the book and tell them to fill it out. There's all kinds of books like that. I just want to get a conversation started, get the story started. And once you do that, oh my gosh, the, the treasure trove of information you're going to get from your relatives, your family, your friends that you can record and then put with photos. Oh, that just makes my heart sing. This To Our Children's Children book, by the way, I used way back when, I'm going to say in 94, if it was published in 93, and I took random questions out and I put post-its in an album of my, my dad's growing up and my mom's growing up, and I asked them questions. Why, why did you pick Indiana University? You know, things that the book sparked me to help ask them questions so they could fill out those things in their own handwriting. And it is probably, you know, one of my most treasured things that I have those albums in my parents' handwriting. And I know everyone isn't, can't, isn't always as fortunate to get to do that. But anything like that that you can do using tools like this book Using the questions that we just gave you, it, you will just be so happy that you took the time to do it. So get your story started. Rita, anything to add about story and how important and how meaningful it can be? I think that you've covered most of it, but for the recipient on the side of those who got to tell the story, I think you're going to see their eyes light up. I think you're going to bring a lot of joy to to their day, to that half hour, you're asking those questions. When you ask the big open-ended one, tell me about your childhood, that's like overwhelming and like, oh, I don't even know what to say. But when you ask those specific questions, it sort of snowballs into other questions. You remember other things. And I just think that that will really, not only do you capture lovely memories, um, whether it's in your handwriting or theirs or their voice, however it works, but I think you'll also... um, like I said, bring a smile to, to their face, uh, knowing that you're interested in what they what their life was like. And thanks for saying that because we we definitely were asking easy, simple questions. We have so much planned for the storytelling sessions, and we'll talk about how to ask the hard questions too. But these aren't the hard questions. Start easy. Get them talking and get them lighting mm-hmm. up and get them really just opening up because for a lot of people, it feels like nobody cares. 
nobody wants to know anything about me, especially the older people get and the more isolated they feel. And you can do this for people um, on any given day with a phone call or a lunch or anything. And, you know, just start getting to the heart of things and ask these. But get the story started, but start small and don't, don't start with the hard ones. <laughs> don't start with hard. Don't start with really emotional. Emotional, yeah. And, you know, but be more specific so that you don't ask the big open-ended ones. And have fun because it really is fun. I mean, I just learned some great things about you. And, and it's fun yeah, to I, hear that yep. we both had orange cars and you know, <laughs> things that we um, learn about each other as we, you know, keep uh, growing in our relationship. So thanks for joining us. Thank you for listening to Photos with Sharita, our podcast. Today's episode about how to get your story started really um, made us both smile. So we hope you'll get your story started or get someone else's story started with some simple and specific questions. Pop over to the website for the show notes. If you're not already there, look down and leave a comment. Give us your favorite questions that you've asked that have elicited great stories from your friends and relatives. And we'll put some links in there of our favorite tools that we use, uh, the book I mentioned, and some other books we think are great, and some tools for storytelling. Mm-hmm.